Hello and welcome to Take 18, a podcast where we love to talk about movies, and that is simply because we love movies. This show is produced by the Central Coast Film Society. My name is Daniel Lair. I am the executive director and founder of the Central Coast Film Society. Today we'll be having a great conversation with a local high school film teacher and author of a very fun book on movies, and that is Jacob Gustafson. And uh, he is going to be talking about his local film school journey from student to teacher in the very same classroom at Reggetti High School in Santa Maria. And uh, he's going to be talking about what the challenges are for his students and also for all of our up-and-coming filmmakers in this current climate that we are in and uh, different production that is going on. Not to mention, we're also going to be talking about his book, Awful Awesome Action Volume 1, A Journey Through the Wild, They're So Bad, They're Good Action Films. So if this is your first show, I want to welcome you here specifically Specifically, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, and also, please, I invite you to check out some of our old episodes as well. We've got a lot of great content out there. Just hit subscribe on uh, either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anything that you watch your uh, or watch you listen to your podcast on, and um, and we'll pop up for right there. At Take eighteen. So thank you so much for being here. And uh, you know, throughout this podcast series, we're going to be talking about. You know, movies, obviously, but we're going to be looking into movies and how movies are made. And we're going to do that through reviews, through interviews, as well as filmmaker takes and just talk about movies and how they are made. So with that being said, let's get started. And coming up in movie news, it looks like uh, we're going to touch base here real quick with our film uh, movie theaters. And so movie theaters are actually, uh, we are getting to a stage now where in most states, the theaters are finally going to start to come back. And in California as well, the governor's uh, started to move into that phase. Uh, Of course, it's county by county. Los Angeles County has still said, nope, can't come to the theaters. So, um, but it looks like there's a lot of things going on. AMC and Regal Theaters, the largest chain theaters in the country, are set to reopen in just a couple of weeks in uh, at the end of uh, July, mid-July, somewhere in there. I think Regal's aiming for a July 10th opening. There's going to be a lot of restrictions set on it. So they're going to be looking at th- about 50% theater capacity. Um, you're going to have to wear a mask and all that fun stuff. Um, you know, no coughing on your neighbor. I think that was kind of a taboo thing to do anyways when you were in a movie theater was just, you know, keep your sniffles to yourself and Try not to cough and sneeze into other people's popcorn. So now you're going to wear a mask in there uh, while you're doing it. So, um, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. And uh, I, I am definitely jonesing to get back into um, the theaters and watch some uh, movies and watch that uh, content being uh, shown up there. We, I, miss, I do miss going and having that experience. I, I really do. Um, my TV is only uh only going to cut it so far i i am totally of the belief that the theater uh going experience is not dead it is going to be coming back and uh we'll see that here i think very soon um that being said there's a couple of movies that'll be coming out and um we'll see what the we'll see how the box office treats them and and all that fun stuff but um that also being said uh production is going to be opening up again uh actually it has already opened up um, so we got the green light to start going ahead and, and, and making more movies. Of course, it's, uh, it's one of those things that we have to check in with local, um, production health officials, uh, make sure that everything's done right in the right way. Um, just to make sure everyone's safe and not, you know, getting anybody else sick. Um, so it, it, there, there's movement. It is moving. Um, the machine is, came to a screeching halt and, uh, you know, you just can't just jump right back in and get it going. You gotta get that train, the, those wheels grinding slowly and surely. And then pretty soon we'll be, uh, chugging along merrily again. So, um, all good news, all optimistic. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, curious to see what's going on. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, of course getting things shot here on the central coast again is, um, is, uh, you know, I, I would love to see. So hopefully locations, um, you know, like the Ventura, Santa Barbara, San Luis and, Vin, uh, Monterey counties will actually get, um, get some productions coming up here soon. It, it's going to be, 
it's going to be difficult for location shoots. But, uh, you know, if, as long as we have our local filmmakers, um, we're going to be all right. So with that being said, I also want to start now our interview with Jacob Gustafson. Uh, he is the film teacher at Rigetti High School, and he's got a great story. So let's bring in Jacob. And we are now joined by Jacob Gustafson. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you? Hey, I'm great. So, well, thank you so much for taking some time to come chat with us uh, here at Take 18. And um, you you have got a, a an interesting background, but I, I want you to tell it, uh, you tell it better than I, I do. So tell us how you kind of got into the whole uh, film thing. Well, um Actually, I, I'm, I'm a local. I, I grew up in Orchid, and I went to Rigetti. And um, there I took all four years, I took um, film classes at Rigetti. Um, that's the only school in the district that, that teaches film. And really? I didn't know that. not very many. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's there never, as far as I know, there have never been any others at um, either Santa Maria High or Delta or... Um, Pioneer. So, uh, and it's a the program that's been around for a long time, but I, I took it all four years and I loved it. I, I was always into, into film. I used to spend my summers renting lots of movies, uh, for movies to go in Orchid when that place was there. <laughs> I, I know. And, it, yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was before the blockbuster school, showed up on uh, Broadway there. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And so I, I used to rent tons and tons of movies and, um, just tried to grab anything I could and then was very fortunate to, to take that program and really enjoyed it a lot. And then I went over to Hancock and took the film classes there as well. And I continued to, to enjoy it and ended up getting my degree in film from uh, California State University, Monterey Bay. And uh, then I worked and did, I, I, while I was in college too, I was doing um video production and, and news. I worked at KCOY briefly and um, then transferred to KION and in Salinas. And I spent over a decade working for uh, video production companies, doing a variety of things. And then I decided I wanted to get into teaching. Um, it's just something that just I always felt like I would eventually end up doing because um, every job I ever had after I had any level of competence or seniority or anything, whenever the new person got hired, I would always say, Hey, you know, I'd introduce myself and say, Hey, let me, let me show you all the stuff. Nobody showed me, um, to try to, to try to make it easy. And, um, so I decided I wanted to get into teaching and I got my English credential and it just so happened that while I was, uh, teaching, um, my old teacher from Rigetti, uh, Robert Garcia, he was retiring after having uh, taught film at Rigetti for close to 25 years. And uh, I said, Hey, you know, if you're serious about retiring, I'm serious about replacing you. I, I would like to carry on your traditions and, wow. and carry on the program. And he was delighted at that. And um, he, he was, he was very, very happy that I, that I wanted to. And I think that may have made it, a little bit easier for him to retire too, because it was certainly a huge part of his life. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, you know, I, I I went through the interview process, and and uh, they picked me out of out of a, a pool of other people that they were interviewing. They they picked me, and so now I'm the I'm the film teacher at Rigetti. Wow. And, yeah, uh, that's, that's yeah. great. And and so now, how does it feel being the film teacher after going through all those film classes? Like, did you ever think that you would be back at that same class? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I I did stay in contact with uh, with Mr. Garcia throughout the years. Um, you know, you know, I talked to him about which college I should go to and. Um, would would uh, catch up with him when I came back and visited. Uh, I lived in Monterey County for about six years, and um, I, no, I I think I may have visited him once or twice in his classroom, and I know I went to his house a couple times. But no, no, I never thought. And and I I went to I went to school to get my teaching credential in English because I thought, well, I'd really like to teach film. 
And that's something that I have the most knowledge of. It's something I did professionally. I have my degree in it. But, you know, what are the chances I'll ever be able to teach it? Yeah. <laughs> because the, the, the programs are very, very rare. Um, there's one in San Inez. Yep. There's one in Arroyo Grande, and there's one in San Luis Obispo. Yep. Um, but that's it. Uh, you know, so each each area has like one, and Lompoc doesn't have any, to my knowledge, other than at the junior high level. So it's it's pretty rare. Um, if you if you look on any of the the educational websites, it's like you can find hundreds and hundreds of English teaching jobs. Yeah. But there'll only be like two film jobs and they'll probably be like part-time in like a really expensive place to live you know like it's really really rare so you kind of so, you kind of got the jackpot there i did i did yeah. um I, it was pretty neat being able to go back because he was in the same room as well wow. so that was pretty cool so that, that is cool and, yeah and he even had the same chairs <laughs> i said oh my gosh i sat in this chair when i when i graduated so that's um, funny that yeah, it was pretty pretty amazing. Honestly, I, I thought there was going to be other other alumni of his classes that I thought I was going to be fighting other alumni for the job. Oh wow! Um, but I was the only one um, that that I guess had the right the right um, well, and I think credentials that, to do it. Yeah, and I think that says a lot too about having you know high school alumni coming back and uh, teaching those classes. Um, I, like myself, I went to San Inez High School, and we had a uh, a, a pretty decent film program when I was there. I'm not sure what it is nowadays, but like I, the equipment was kind of borderline on that old style. Like, I mean, it, it, it'll date you when I tell you what equipment we're using, but had this thing called the toaster, you know, to do the, oh, gra- yeah. to do graphics. Yep. And that's yeah. right. We had that too at Rigetti. Yeah. 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 Toaster. That's right. <laughs> so, yep. um, yeah. So we had all that fun stuff, you know, and all the, uh, the, you know, VHS cameras that were the shoulder mounted, uh, <laughs> that's right. VHS cameras. Same, same, same at Rigetti. We had, yep. uh, three, three reliable editing bays and one non-reliable <laughs> editing bays. Yeah. And it, and it was VHS to VHS. Yep. And if you made a mistake because it was destructive editing, you had to start all over. Exactly. You know, you, you could potentially have to start your project from scratch. And we had to sign up, you know, we had to have, there were wait lists to get on the editing bays. Yeah. And so he had Saturday work days in order to get things done because there was only three editors. We did get donations right towards the time when I graduated with, uh, from, from cafe effects when they were in Santa Maria, they donated some computers with uh, premiere on them. But I, at the time I never learned it. I thought, Oh, well, yeah, you know, I, I didn't really think I was even going to pursue film. I just thought, Oh, well, this is just something goofy and fun that I do. This isn't really what I'm going to do for a living. You see, and it wasn't until I got to Hancock and took a ton of classes there and I hadn't taken any film classes for a few years. And I, I got to the end of the road, honestly, at, at Hancock and I thought, well, geez, what I'm ready to transfer, but what am I going to transfer as? And my wife said, Hey, why don't you take some film classes and see if, see if that clicks for you. And, and it did. Like immediately, I thought, "Oh my gosh, I've been, I didn't know I was missing this so much." And yeah. then when I got my my first job at at uh, KCOI, I worked the morning shift, which was from like I think it was four thirty in the morning to noon, and I had to go home for a few hours in the middle because they wouldn't pay me full time. Mm. So I had to I I had to be I guess held up by them for eight hours, but they didn't pay me for eight hours. (laughs) So I'd go home for a few hours and then come back and do the noon show. But I loved it. Yeah. I, I loved the environment. I loved being around the people that were there. I loved handling the tapes and, you know, I was was just a PA and it was just so exciting. And the morning shows, that's like the snoozer show, right? Like that's not even the, the night shows are the more exciting ones to work on. And I still loved it. I thought, I don't care. You know, I, I could probably make the same amount of money working somewhere else, but I don't care. I love this. See, and I love that you're, you're, the attitude going in for anybody that wants to get into this industry is that you got to take that low rung PA job. I, I think to, to jump in, it's very seldom. Do you ever, 
just walk into a door and say, I'd like to have a above the line credit. Um, it just doesn't really oh, yeah. work that way at all. No. So, um, so the attitude that you have, it, it really is what you need to have, um, in order to make it. I mean, and it's funny that you actually brought up cafe effects because that was actually my first professional job ish was, uh, I was an intern at cafe effects and, um, my, my first job was to go through their archives and put all their archives together in a database and it was completely boring, but I loved it because I was going through all these things and looking at the film, you know, actually trying to identify what movie that it was that they were working on on the 35 millimeter prints and uh, finding random props and going, well, what is this from? And it was, you know, things from Pan's Labyrinth and it hadn't come out yet. And it was, you know, all these really odd, really cool things. But um, I got to say, though, uh, being at Cafe FX, I'm going to just shout out real quick to Jeff Barnes because... When I was there, they were so supportive of local filmmakers. Um, like you said, when they donated those computers with Premiere on it, uh, yeah, it, it was it was amazing because we would have field trips come in and check us out all the time. Um, and, and I know that they were with me, you know, as an intern, and then I got hired on as a, a assistant visual effects editor. Um, they they were really uh, uh, nurturing, like what I did as a as an upcoming filmmaker, I, I, in 2007, when I was there, I had a, a short film, a World War II short film. It's kind of like a Twilight Zone thing. And, but anyways, it was something I'd worked on and I wanted to show it. And they said, oh yeah, well, you know, I, part of my job was I also helped run the dailies and um, things down the screening room. So they said, yeah, just bring it and we can watch it in the screening room and we'll have a screening. And I had all these guys just come down and start watching my movie and, and getting their feedback. And it was, it was amazing that, you know, they actually took the time and care and, um, really devoted, uh, their efforts into supporting local filmmakers. And, and I think that maybe in the back of my head as to why, you know, we want to do this with Central Coast Film Society, you know, and, and just keep nurturing that local talent. Right. I mean, it's that, right. And I, and I appreciate that that's, that that's a major part of what you guys do is you're trying to bring more jobs here. You're trying to bring yeah. more productions here. You're trying to make it more enticing, trying to build connections. My first real job before I worked at KCOY was for a, a commercial shoot that happened at a, a tire store um, in Santa Maria. And it was a national, it was a national um, commercial. And that was the first thing I ever, I ever got. And I, I got it through Hancock. Um, I was taking a class with a professor who's still there, Tim Webb, who's fantastic. He was he's a great professor. I really enjoyed his classes. Um, he picked me and I think it was two other students that were in his class because this production company um, ha- had contacted him and said, hey, we need some PAs. Here's a local film teacher here at the here at the college and we need some. Give me, give me, you know, send a few our way. And so he handpicked three of us to be uh, to go out there and do it. And I remember it being like the longest thing I had ever done because <laughs> the days were, it was like a two day shoot yeah. and they were just like ridiculous for me at the time. They were ridiculously long, you know, it was <laughs> right. like, I don't know, 10 hours or maybe 12. I don't remember. It was, it was it's no, re- it's nothing it was, in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it was, and it was, um, you know, it's just a lot of hurry up and wait, which was what all the old, old salty dogs kept saying on the yeah, crew. Like, yeah, get used to it. It's true. Hurry up and wait. Yep. That's what you do. And, and I just remember thinking like, wow, that was, you know, that was really, really tiring, but I really liked it. And so then I called every single production company, everybody who did commercials, anybody who was in the yellow pages, I called all of them the next day afterwards. And I said, you know, I'm looking for work. I'm, you know, I'm a film student and I'll work cheap. I don't care. I just, I just want to help. And, um, I got a couple gigs that way. And then, like I said, I, I eventually ended up getting hired at KCOY as a PA. And then I was an editor at KION, um, which was a whole nother interesting job. Working in news is a trip. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to attract a lot of odd people. Um, <laughs> you know, my best, my best work stories come from, oddballs in news <laughs> well there you go 
in not like a bad way. It's just like, wow, you're a unique person. You know, I, I, those, those things have stuck with me yeah. over the years. So, um, but yeah. And, and that now I'm, now I'm getting to teach, which is, uh, you know, it's and, a whole nother skill set, and, but and, I'll tell you. Yeah. How's like, that going? Tell me about that. Well, I, you know, I, I'll say that all of my experience doing video production work and editing and like meeting deadlines and all of those things, and being really prepared and being prepared in advance. You know, if you're going to go out on a shoot, make sure you have extra batteries, make sure you right. have extra media to shoot on, you know, make sure you, you bring two of everything if you can, you know, like make sure you have just everything you could possibly need because chances are you're only going to have one chance to get this interview and you need to get it. And so I'm uh, bringing that mentality that, that prepare first, make sure you're very well prepared. Um, you know, plan for all contingency sort of mentality has really helped me a lot as a teacher. Yeah. I'm able to like plan way in advance. You know, I can, I can be, uh, I can, I can make sure that I know what I'm doing well before I need to actually execute it. Um, so that has helped me enormously. And then by the same token, because I do have professional experience, I'm able to bring that to my students. Yeah, I can give them all kinds of anecdotes like, you know, this is why we need to, this is why you need to know this. You know, um, I, I teach students, I, I, because I was an English teacher, I think it's really important to emphasize um, vocabulary. Uh, there's so many things that kind of get lost in the shuffle. Even when I went to film school, you know, mm -hmm. graduating and going, hmm, I'm not exactly sure what the term for this is oh, oh yeah when when something yeah. was said just set jargon you know, uh, yeah yeah exactly it's like i don't really know what you meant there and so and I've, in fact i've had students complain like oh my gosh that you're making us do vocabulary this is an elective <laughs> what are we doing yeah, and, yeah uh you know did you have to do this did any of your teachers ever do this no i did not even in college well then why are you making us do this because i wish someone had yes <laughs> because yeah. i didn't know what i needed to know and that became a problem i had you to know, learn on the go i remember so that's a big part i remember it. things like that too and one of the things that uh I, I had somebody teach us in one of my film classes was just how to properly wrap cables like yeah because you're going to be there wrapping cables all day long on those early jobs and if you don't do it right and you don't store them right it's it, you're not going to be you're not going to make it and they're going to look at you and be like well he can't even wrap a cable right and there is a right. very specific way to do it and and you know you uh, greenhorn probably wouldn't have noticed that so right there's right. there's and, a whole lot of little things that that there's really so do much that. there's yeah. so much and and what i'm teaching them is is a whole new language right yeah they don't know anything about film language they don't know anything about telling a story visually through a camera it's it's not something that you can just pick up most people most people can't just pick it up and do it it's something that takes requires an enormous amount of practice a lot of experience for you to even be able to tell a story competently so that the viewer even knows what you're trying to say. Like even just something as simple as I understand what your film was saying and I understand what happened that, that in and of itself is a success mm -hmm. because it's not easy. You know, you think that you're articulating something, but your audience is mystified because yeah. you didn't do it right. So, um, so with my students, I, I do like a warm up with them um, where we either do vocabulary one week or the next week we're learning film history because I want them to understand that as nice. well. So yeah. it's like I'm bringing English and history into my class so they can start to see, oh, that's why we're learning all this stuff in English and history. It does have an application in <laughs> real in the real world, you know, Yep, except for algebra. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, algebra can be useful to you. I'm, trying I, to find, I, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm terrible I'm teasing. with math. Math was my math was always my worst subject, but I'm yeah. still trying to find ways to like integrate math and science. Oh, believe well. me, like, there is a ton of math that's needed in in film. Like when it comes to like right. just the formulas for shooting and camera apertures, and it it, it gets mind boggling after you know when you really get into the nitty gritty of just the chemical process of what the film competition composition is. It it, it right. is it's crazy. Right. And the more I can integrate other classes, the better. I had students tell me this year, and for those listening, this, this was my first year teaching film. 
So it was a whole new, new experience <laughs> for me. Um, and I had students come to me throughout the year and say, Hey, remember that thing you taught us, you know, that stuff about the history about communism. Well, I'm learning about that in my history class right now. Like, cool. That's great. So yeah. now we're getting like some synergy between the classes. Nice. So being able to bring that in, cause I try to bring in the context. Well, this is what was going on in the 1940s. Oh, yeah. You know, you can't really talk about film history of the 1940s without discussing a little bit of World War II yeah, and exactly. the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. You know, so I try to bring those things in as a warm up to kind of engage them as a whole. I feel like if they can understand the vocabulary and they can understand the history, that'll help inform their filmmaking process. Well, I yeah, I applaud you on that because it definitely. Um, I, I was, uh, when I found out when I had to get my film degree that I had to do like, you know, more film studies classes. Cause I was like, I want to be production guy. I want to be boots on the set making these, you know, movies. And then you have to take all these world history film classes. And I'm like, I, I rolled my eyes. I'm like, really, do I have to, I'm not, what am I going to use this for? But you're right. It definitely plants a, a foundation of, well, when did the camera start to turn and when, you know, in the great train robbery and, and what did that mean? And what did the, you know, how did the, the mise-en-scene of everything start to really change the juxtaposition of everything that we see in the screen? And, and it does matter because that was the, that's the natural, natural evolution of film. Um, right. And, and, and I, every, and everything that we see now is, is an amalgamation of what absolutely. came before. Exactly. So, kind of understanding where those influences come from and helps it's, to and it's changing every day to understand yeah 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 and, and so so i, so I and, then, and then it's and then it's group work right you know like here's your here's your here's your project these are the requirements of the project now get in the group and yeah. go do it i'm a big proponent of making every single student edit um yep. at least in my introduction class <laughs> they all have to edit every single project yeah. um you know, I've taken I've taken different film classes. Some of them, you know, it's more like you break it down and well, I'm going to direct and I'm going to edit. Right. My thought was like, no, you're all going to collaboratively write it or at least as much as humanly possible. And then each of you is going to storyboard a section of that film. And then you're going to use that storyboard to shoot a section of the film. Even if you're on camera, you're going to show that storyboard to the camera operator so that they know what you want. And then those are the shots that you're responsible for editing. And then we put the whole thing together. Now it does make it more of a Frankenstein film. Yeah. But I can say that all of my students know how to edit. All of them. That's great. Yeah. I remember uh, one of my favorite things that I did in film school was uh, we we all, this was early on in the class, and we, we all got the same footage. It was raw footage shot, and I believe it was high noon um the film high noon and it was you know there was about to be a a gunslinging duel out in the you know the streets but it was all the different angles all the different shots you know from all the specific coverage from master to two shot to over the shoulder to close-ups to inserts to all these things were there and it was in a bin it was just right there in your final cut you know bin when you opened it up and teacher said all right edit the movie make whatever you want just do it go tell a story and you know and it was really cool to see and then we all watched it and some students would take it and they made it almost like a horror film like the way that you can edit it and the power of the editor is extremely powerful um and and the best editor is the one that you never realize that he's working (laughs) it's 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 one of those funny things that there's a lot of those jobs in the movie business where yeah the actor gets the the fame and glory because he's up there you know on on camera but there's a so many of thousands of people but a couple of really intricate ones that are you never know that they're even there working and the editor is i think definitely one of those uh positions um oh Sure. And, and that's also something really good for a high school student to realize. Yeah. And that's another part of my, of my vocabulary that I started integrating at the back end um, of the year. And I'm going to continue to do so is, is just putting in like, well, well what does a cinematographer do? Yep. What does a production designer do? So that's my vocabulary word, production designer. What do they do? Like, so that, cause there's so many names that students, even film students, even, even 
people have graduated, they have no idea. Like, I don't know what that person does. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. then it's like, there's hundreds of jobs on major right. films and you should know what they are. Cause there could be that one little thing that, that is totally your niche, well, you know, like, yeah. And, and the other thing too, is like on a film set is you really need to know what everybody's job is because everybody is, you know, you may be in separate teams and departments, but you're all working towards one same goal, you know, and that's to put the best right. movie together that that's possible. So you really should know, you know, if I'm a cinematographer and I need to light this set, well, I need to talk to the production designer to make sure their curtains are matching the light for the scene that the director wants to know that the writer says, well, that's what the mood of the scene is. And well, you know, so there's a lot of like interconnectivity that you have to know what everybody needs to and that way you can go to them for questions you know and not have to go ask one person they just go send a runner you know right right yeah so it's it's um it's it's been interesting i mean my yeah. students seem to really enjoy the class in general uh in that they get to work creatively they're not writing you know, I used to be an English teacher. They're not writing an essay. They're they're creating a creative piece of work that they all had input on. And then, you know, they all get to use technology. I'll tell you one thing. I was surprised at how little the students knew how to use a computer hmm. um, as far as like, okay, well, I need you to create a folder and that's yeah. where you're going to put all your footage into. Well, how do I do that? Huh. Oh, okay. Okay, so I want you to grab all that. I want you to copy and paste it into the folder. I don't know how to do that. Uh, like, okay, you know, it's yeah. like all these things that, hey, you know what? That's going to come in handy even if you've never taken sure. a film class again. Yep. You're, you're, you're gaining uh, computer literacy as yeah. well. And and the big, uh, the big push for me, and, and you guys were amazing with this, was – I wanted my students work to be seen outside of the school. Yeah. I wanted it to get out. I wanted them to have the opportunity to have someone other than me see it. Yeah. And so that's why I was so excited that you guys did. Yeah. The three, the two, one. Festival. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I was able to get my students. I created an assignment Yeah, that was... for all my students. I was like, all right, this is the assignment. <laughs> this is, this is what they want. Yeah. Do it. You know, um, yeah, that was so that was, was a ton of fun. That was that was a lot. Of, I couldn't believe it. It was it was a blast. Yeah, and my students loved it. I mean, most of them they don't drive, so they weren't able to make it. I think like two yeah. or something of my students were able to make it, but even the ones that couldn't make it, they still were really invigorated, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, it's so cool! We got picked!" And so, and then it, it opened the door for me to to teach them. Okay, well, this is how you submit a film to a film festival and let's see if we can find some other ones as well. Nice. Um, so that you can submit to those too. And they were able to do that. In fact, I had a student the day of the closure, the very first day that everybody was forced uh, to stay at home. Yeah. This student made a film wow. and showed it to me like in one day, just from, from inside the student's room, they just filmed it. And I said, Oh my gosh, this is, this is really good but I want to know what happens next. It's not necessarily, in my opinion, it wasn't a complete thought. It was yeah. like, this is a good beginning. I want to know what happens next. Well, the student decided that they were done and they submitted it to film festivals and lo and behold, they got in, wow. they got into a few with this, with this film that they just decided to shoot completely on their own in their room. That's like, awesome. It was, really, it was really, really cool. And it was because, totally on the you know the student did it you know yeah. i had nothing to, i had nothing to do with it but it was nice to know like oh cool i i was it made me feel like i was successful in giving at least this student the tools to be able to to, to know where to go to do it yeah right that's fantastic no i i love hearing and but you also bring up another uh Interesting conversation topic piece here is what what's going to go on in the future here with the uh, with the uh, new standard of uh, filmmaking, and of course I'm alluding to COVID nineteen and uh, all that fun stuff. Well, as far as the school goes, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We haven't been told anything. Um, I know that my district is is formulating uh, a, a variety of plans so that when the county decides what we're going to have to do, they can quickly act and make that plan happen. Yeah. Whether that's um, 
fully online um, or whether it's a hybrid where we have some students on campus and we have a limited number of students in our room. So then, you know, we would only have a certain percentage of students on campus at any given time. So then all of the schedules are going to be, you know, strange and unique yeah. and novel. It might look like that. Um, or it may be, well, everything's back to normal, but all the teachers have to wear, you know, a face mask or, you know, there's, there's so many different possibilities right now. And, and I haven't, we haven't been told the teachers yeah. haven't been told yet. Um, what, what we're doing, what it's going to look like in the fall. Well, um, but, but, it, but, but I have to, I, I have to say, I have to commend the, the teachers, uh, you know, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. it was a, it was a major, a major shift. Um, I was already doing my class online anyway, yeah, through through Canvas. Um, so it wasn't much of a change for me, other than I didn't see them regularly, and they weren't able to get together to make films. But as far as me being able to deliver, you know, lectures on on history and vocabulary, I was still able to do that. That's what I was curious um, about was like, what do you think is going to change with teaching if it has to be from home? I mean, it sounds like th the last couple of months have been successful in that. Well, they they it's it's been a huge success as far as uh, galvanizing teachers to change to, to to change how they do what they do. Yeah. So I th I think moving forward, no matter what happens, we're going to see teachers utilizing more. Uh, at least in my school, they're going to utilize Canvas a lot more than they had in the past, which will be a major benefit to teachers and it'll be a major benefit to students as well. Um, the more exposure that students have to Canvas, and that's that's an online uh, school interface, and it's what um, Hancock uses for their online classes. So if you take an online class, they use gotcha. Canvas as well, and that that's where you get all your content as a student. Mm -hmm. Teacher puts it up, and that's where you turn in your assignments. Um, discussion boards happen on Canvas. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that, which just sets up our students even better for college um, because there's a lot of – there always has yeah. been, or at least for many, many years, there's been a lot of online teaching. I, um, yep. I actually – I had to do uh, a great majority of my, my bachelor's um, online because uh, the school was in downtown San Francisco, and that's just not affordable <laughs> to, to live no. up in that area and do film school. So uh, no. I did it all online, and, and um, there, there is a good way to do it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's what um, the teachers did. I mean, it, it's, it's extraordinary, the, the – the, the number of teachers that had not been using um, any kind of online interface like that. And then we went to, I think, every single teacher using it, wow. you know, so it went. So that was a huge, huge shift um, in a very positive direction. And, uh, you know, the, the teachers, I mean, we were, we were even though we were remote, we were still, you know, communicating with our students. We were still doing Zoom meetings. My department, the visual performing arts the department, we were still meeting every week for, for like our teacher collaboration time and spending that time very, very effectively um, in support of our students and to plan ahead. And so, you know, te teachers were pretty, pretty uh, adaptable in my opinion. Um, they're they're very very hardworking and professional, and so it's I, I think I think good things are going to come from it. I, my personal hope is that we are back in in class. I don't yeah. want to do distance learning um, because distance learning works for some, but in my opinion, it doesn't work for all. Um, you have to be pretty motivated to do it. It's yeah. very easy to blow off an online class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I may also um, be guilty of that too. Um, <laughs> so, right. I think, I think we all are yeah. to some degree. If you've gone to college, you've had classes where you're like, Oh Work my gosh, I'm going to do, yeah, it's I'm going to do the it's, minimum. Yeah. So yeah. it's, 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 I don't think online works for everybody. 
Um, so I would much prefer to be, to be back in, yeah. in the classroom, of course, but you know, and it, it was nice doing my zoom meetings. I mean, my, my opinion or my personal philosophy, once the closure happened was I immediately went into, well, I'm concerned about my students like mental health. Yeah. You know, that's where I went. It wasn't like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to deliver my curriculum? It's like, you know what? I can still deliver stuff, but I'm more concerned that, that they're, doing okay that they're you know how are they doing how are they dealing with this because as an adult this the 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 shutdowns have been yeah upsetting oh yeah and then if you're a teenager and your whole life is wrapped up in your social life and you no longer have that that's pretty tough so when i did zoom meetings they were you know hey pop in if you want to um if you have a question, I'll be there. But if you just want to come and talk and just say hi, we can do that too. And generally speaking, almost all of the students that came in, they just wanted to say hi. They're, hey, how are you doing? Oh, how have you awesome. been? I just got a puppy. Let me show you my puppy. And I'm like, it's so funny. It's like you're a high school kid. You want to show me your puppy? Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, let me see your puppy here. You know, or yeah. hey, what what have you been watching lately? And hey, what are your plans for the fall? Are you what, are you going anywhere during summer? And like they just they just wanted to say hi, you know. Oh, that's cool. So you know that I I wanted to be there for that to give them that that at least a little bit of normalcy. Yeah, yeah. So because that's that's to me the mental health aspect has been paramount to me and and that's what i kept hearing from teachers yeah over and over and over again was i'm worried about my students and how they're doing mentally you know that was which was really nice for me to hear it wasn't like oh i gotta get this stuff in you know it was so much less about i mean it was about the content yeah this is really important you know from the core teachers but there was a, a lot of discussion about like well we got the balancing act we can't load them up with too much because they'll they'll get really really stressed out totally. and they're already stressed out. So we got to balance this. And there was that was definitely a conversation that teachers were having, which was which was really good for me to hear. I, it was nice. They, yeah, teachers really do care about their students. <laughs> it's first. true. They really do. It is true. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And you know the mental health uh, thing, as you said, for students and adults, we've all been definitely. I think. Um, uh, binge watching a few things since, uh, the shutdown. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that we, we all try to do. I mean, we even came up with a list of top 10, you know, central coast movies that you should watch, uh, while under quarantine. Um, right. and, and, uh, I gotta say one of my favorites that I didn't even realize was, a uh, Mr. Science theater episode that they shot entirely in San Diego's Valley. And I was like, wait, what? Well, it wasn't, the mis- the movie that they're riffing was fr- shot in Sanas Valley, um, but you know, and and so that but that does kind of lead me into something else that I want to talk to you about real quick, is you are also an author, sir. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> tell me about your movie uh, book. I I I I want to get into this one real bad. Okay. Well, so the book is called uh, Awful Awesome the the journey through so bad it's good uh, movies and and the, this one is, is specifically on action um i'm working on right one right now that i'm hoping to have out maybe in august um that's uh nothing but um you know hilariously bad horror movies and then the <laughs> next one's going to be sci-fi nice um it's it's pl- i'm planning it to be a uh, six volume set that's awesome um and 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 the the genesis for it was you know i like i said i i grew up here i moved away and then i moved back and when i moved back a lot of the friends that i grew up with had also moved away yeah and i didn't have a social network anymore and i was working from home i was doing video editing from home and so I, d- I didn't have the opportunity to even meet someone at work. So I was just in my house with my wife and my very small children. And I, and I thought, man, I really want to really meet some people that would be fun to hang out with. And, of course, you know, my world, it's, well, I want to hang out with people to watch movies with. Um, <laughs> right. I feel, like, I feel like film is a, is a great unifier. 
people can come from oh. all different walks of life and and like enjoy the same film. Well, and yeah, exactly. Have, like, well, takes on it. I think there's a good personality test of you, if you want to know who your friend is, just be like, "What's your favorite movie?" And you know, based <laughs> on what they tell you, it's be like, "Yeah, we can be friends." Yeah, that's true. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, so I thought, well, okay. I really in college, I I had you know gotten my film people together, my, my people that I worked with, and we watched a handful of like really ridiculous movies and it was fun of course and so i thought well what if i do that here in town and so i went to a coffee shop and i said i want to do this and i actually gave it i typed up like a whole like petition like a, a business petition or something to make it really professional um so they would you know agree and 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 they did and so that was that was the that was kind of like the genesis of the book was I started showing movies every single week at this coffee shop that were ridiculous. <laughs> and I got to meet a bunch of people yeah. and, and I made a bunch of friends and it was great. And we had a wonderful time and, you know, with going back to school to become a teacher, it became too difficult for me to maintain that. So after three years of doing it every single week, I just started having people come over to my house. Like all the people who were coming regularly anyway, I was like, well, you guys are already hanging out at my house. I'm going to just stop doing it. We'll just do it more regularly at my house. And then I thought, you know, here I am. I'm a film major. I was doing film work. Then I'm watching these really terrible movies. And I was feeling kind of guilty. And I was like, there's got to be something constructive that I can do with this other than just watching them with my friends. I thought, well, nobody talks about these movies. These movies don't get reviewed. There are no books at that <laughs> They're time. just that bad. And they, yeah, they're, 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 they're just, they're, they're kind of forgotten. Film. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if they are ever reviewed, it's usually, um, derisively. And, and, yeah. and that's not my vibe. My, my, my thought is no, these should be watched because they're so much fun. Yeah. And, and some of them are so alien. It's like, who made this? This is so bizarre. And these, <laughs> leaps of logic and bizarre plot twists and and they're just they're so fascinating and fun and they and they also exemplify the passion that goes in, into making a film you may not have money you may not have any kind of formal training of any kind and you may make a movie that is just ridiculous and outlandish but it's clear that you're passionate you and know what that, that that's always that's always like that- very very uh exciting yeah that that's something actually that i i uh whenever i go to to see a movie and and it it may be a horrible movie to watch you know on on a critical standpoint but the thing is is that like you said there's a passion there and i when when i watch certain movies i can actually like tell oh these guys are having a hell of a fun time making this movie exactly like they are having a blast like i wish i was making this movie it may be complete trash but i mean they've got everything from explosions to stupid effects to big all these things that you really want to do um and at least say that you've done in a movie and they're doing it and you're just like oh man i want it that's so cool but yeah the movie's crap. right <laughs> right i mean it, the the films are usually made by passionate people who just yeah. don't really have a lot of money and so the book is not, it's not there to necessarily make fun of the filmmakers or to, to lord myself above them. Yeah. And nor, nor is it a, a cautionary book. It's a book that's meant to encourage people to get together with friends, grab everybody together, throw this movie on and watch it and have a ball. Oh, and in the awesome. book, in the book, I also explain like, you know, this is kind of how you get people together. You're, if you're, if you, the fun part is commenting on it, but you kind of have to get it started because we're all, we're all conditioned to not talk when we watch movies because it's rude. But with (laughs) these, it's just like, you can't not, you can't not just, Oh my gosh, what? You you have to say something. And so (laughs) you as the host, you need to kind of kick it off. And in my reviews, I also try to like mark like certain content, right? So like if a film is like got a lot of nudity in it, hey, I'm going to let you know because you may not necessarily want to watch that with 
the people that you normally get yes, together with. It may, it may yep. be an uncomfortable situation, yep. right? And, and you know, there's, there's other content advisories as well because there's nothing worse than putting on something that you think is going to be fun and it just bums everybody out because yeah, there's totally. something in it that's upsetting. You know, you know, you somebody may be really upset by something that maybe I don't find upsetting, but I'm aware that that exists because I've done this, because I've shown these publicly, because I have had people over and I've I've put on stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. I can't believe like, oh, I should have previewed this first, you know. So I've kind of done all the embarrassing for you, and you can just pick and choose. Um, so the book has over a hundred reviews of just action movies. Like I said, the next one's going to be horror and then science fiction. And they'll nice. each have over a hundred reviews each. Um, and that doesn't mean that it's, that they're all gold. I've, I've pointed out ones that seem like they'd be gold, but they're not. And there's, there's a lot of deep cuts. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of movies that most people have never heard of. I've spent a considerable amount of time, an embarrassing amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, watching these, researching them, finding them, digging, so that and anybody more, who buys, and you've got more to yeah. come. <laughs> oh yeah, I do, I do. I mean, I, I keep, I keep watching more, and I keep writing more reviews. So I'm like seventy five percent there with like the second, with enough content, enough film reviews for the next three volumes. Wow. So like, I'm close to having that as well. Um, and it's just fun. It's it's been fun putting it out. Nice. And, um, so we're, I just, I, I wanted to add to the, to the conversation and, and to say, Hey, you know what? These are, these, these are movies that you should be watching, you know, cause there's so much garbage out there that is a total bummer and it's not fun and it's just, it's just so bad. It's bad. <laughs> right. Um, right. these are films that are fun to watch. So, yeah. and it's, it's a total minefield and I've, I've done all the, I've done all the mind sweeping for you. Nice. So. Nice. Well, Jacob, tell us where we can find the book. Where where it's the available. book's available? The, yeah, the book's available on Amazon. Again, it's called Awful Awesome. If you just type in Awful Awesome, you'll see it. Um, <laughs> and because uh, that was the name of my group, was the Awful Awesome Film Society. That's and, awesome. Uh, I mean, and awful uh, awesome. yeah, and and that's what I refer to them. I don't refer to them as so bad they're good movies. They're awful awesome movies. Nice. Um, and my opinion is the only bad movie is a boring one. Yep. Yep. Totally. Yeah, that's that's my opinion. Um, uh, but anyway, so it's on Amazon. Uh, there's an ebook version that's full color, and then there's a print version as well. Nice. And right. um, at some point, uh, I know that the 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 library system has purchased uh, the Black Gold Library system has purchased a copy of it. Nice. And so it'll be at some point integrated into the library system. So. Um, if you don't want to buy it, you can, I don't, that's fine. Just get it from the library and check it out. So, nice. well, we'll put a link to it in our uh, show notes there for you. But, uh, Jacob, I, I also just want to say thank you again so much for coming. Uh, well, hopefully we'll, uh, talk more in the future and, uh, you know, touch base, but maybe when uh, volume two comes out, cause that sounds like fun. Sure. Any, is there any central coast movies that have made the list? Anything that was made here on, on the coast that you know of? Um, well, if not, is... what is your favorite uh, awful movie, awfully awesome movie, and then uh, what's your favorite Central Coast film? How about that? Well, I, I, the, I, there is a connection in the book. Uh, there's a movie called Samurai Cop 2 that stars an actor that is uh, a Central Coast native. Uh, he still lives here. Uh, Shane Ryan, he's also a director. Mm. Um, so, so there is that connection. My favorite... Awful, awesome movie. Well, um, so far, <laughs> there's, there's so many. Um, Samurai Cop one yeah. is fantastic. Miami Connection is fantastic. I mean, when I when I want to introduce someone to the concept or where they don't they've never hung out and intentionally watched something truly terrible. Uh, Samurai Cop or Miami Connection are, are often my That's my go to get your feet wet on that uh, one. Yes, I've watched those movies way too many times um, because <laughs> nice. they're they're wonderfully bizarre and fun and trashy and terrible. Well, then I'm gonna have to um, check check out Samurai Cop then. Yeah, I mean, it, it, oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> Road to Revenge is another one. I mean, I'm trying to think of the ones that really, really 
we've we've laughed. The, the films of Neil Breen, who is a, uh, a Las Vegas director, who's still making movies. He makes them independently, and he seems to live in his own in his own world. Um, nice. He's he's kind of a megalomaniac, you know. He in all he he writes and directs his movies, and he stars in them, and he usually plays some sort of messianic character who's here to save the human race or put something to rights or to expose corruption in the government or something like so that. So he's got and a theme down for his movies. He does. Yeah. He does. He is, he is, a, he is a gift. He is definitely <laughs> a gift. His films are, are, you know, he exemplifies in my opinion, many of the awful awesome traits. He's, he makes films for his own his own vanity's sake. He's clearly stroking his own ego yeah. in the films. He doesn't quite know really. He just doesn't seem to live in reality. Um, yeah, his yeah. films are his films are fantastic. <laughs> so I definitely recommend the awesome. films of Neil Green. Um, and as far as my my favorite film, well, the first one that comes to my mind is The Rocketeer. Ah, yes, beautiful. Yep. That that's one that comes to my mind is The Rocketeer. Yep. I remember seeing it at the drive-in in Santa Maria when it came out. Yep. I remember what a big deal it was that it was filmed here. Um, that that's that's what I remember. Um, and then you know any of the films that any of my friends worked on that that worked at Cafe FX. Um, like Sin City, you know, that's that that was yeah. a Cafe Effects one. Any yeah. of the Robert Rodriguez movies were for Cafe Effects. So and Spider Man um, Three, of course. Cool yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was that was one I worked on for the first time. Gotcha. <laughs> when when I I, when I, I shot was... the Burning Butter. I, I hope you know that. I, I filmed oh, really? that I filmed the element for that. Yep. We went down I, uh, down into the closet I, and did that. When I went when I was oh, I don't know, eighteen, nineteen I was working at uh, the movie theater in Rio Grande. Um, the, I don't know what they call it anymore. That used to be the signature theaters. We the the is it the festival uh, cinema? I think. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was, I was working the ticket booth and in comes my friend with his dad and they're, they're there to see, I think it was spy kids too. Yeah. And I, and I said, dude, why are you coming here to see spy kids too? That's ridiculous. And he said, cause my name's in the credit. <laughs> nice oh nice that's really cool and then i told him later i said you know i've got like a spy kids too we never put it together like a display like a big like cardboard giant display i said i can totally bring it and give it to you and so i went to cafe effects and i delivered it and i i presume that somebody there put it together and set it up i would imagine Um, some some intern there put it together yep yeah. So, <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, Jacob, uh, this has been a blast. Uh, we could talk about this, I mean, forever, but, um, thank you for all that you do for the, for the students that we're getting. Uh, it sounds like they, they really love you, man. And, uh, you're, you're a treasure to have. So, um, keep up the good work. We will definitely be in touch more, uh, coming up in the future. All right. Sounds good to me. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, Jacob. All right, so before we wrap up all of our uh, show here, as you may be aware, of course, right now our lineup for events is uh, is postponed or canceled, so just keep checking back with us, and we'll let you know when we're able to start making things. But, of course, we are talking about what can we do next, what can we do, because we miss you guys, and uh, the podcast here seems to be our only outlet right now, but uh, I will be here. I will be trying to make enough uh, shows here for you as long as we got some content rolling in and uh, have something to chat about. If you have something you want to chat about, just let me know if uh, you want me to review a movie, if you uh, want to talk about movies or have any questions about movies, if you have anybody you want me to reach out to and uh, try and get an interview on here, just let me know. There is a link at the bottom where you can leave a description uh, below, or, of course, if you ever want to email me, you can do that at info at centralcoastfilmsociety.org. And that's a wrap on this edition of Take 18. This has been a production of the Central Coast Film Society. 
We are a 501c3 organization, so that does mean we couldn't make the show or anything we do possible without your generous support. So please help make a difference and uh, help consider making a donation. You can purchase a membership or simply attend our events when we have them. Visit our website, www.centralcoastfilmsociety.org for more information. You can also sign up for our newsletter there. Just simply follow us on social media. Again, thank you, Jacob, for your awesome segment. Hopefully it wasn't awful awesome. It was just plain awesome. Um, And check back uh, his book down below. And, of course, thank you, everybody, for listening all the way to the end. Make sure you subscribe and share this with everybody. You can help us out by doing that. It just takes one click. Thank you again so much for your support. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And that's a take.